The following programme is a repeat of The Farm Show, which airs Thursday nights on KCLR from 7. Brought to you by TierlawnFarmLife.com. This is The Farm Show on KCLR with Matt O'Keefe. Brought to you with thanks to TierlawnFarmLife.com. You're very welcome to The Farm Show. On the programme this evening, we'll be chatting to Pat O'Toole, of the Irish Farmers Journal about all things farming. Elsewhere, we'll have a preview of the ICMSA AGM. There's a farm walk happening down in Piltown, which will be of interest to a lot of farmers. We'll have all the details on that. John Nolan of Carlo IFA will give us an update on the IFA elections as all the branches are meeting these evenings. And uh, we'll have a comprehensive livestock report, both from uh, Tullow and Killeen Hill later on. First of all, however, I'm delighted to welcome Pat O'Toole, uh, how are you, Pat? Good, thank you. Yourself, Matt? Great, thanks. How is the farming, first of all? Uh, uh, crops, have you any winter crops in? Scrambled some in. Um, there was a dry Sunday, Monday, three and a half weeks ago, so the fields look okay. It's dry ground. The, the headlands are poor. Uh, it's a mirror image of what went on last autumn, and uh, I think farmers are a little nervous uh, there's forward prices being offered down here, um, two seventy from Ballycarney grain, two seven five from Cooney Furlong for for twenty twenty four malting barley. Um, only a portion of the contract at a fixed price, but Cooney Furlong are a new entrant to malting barley. They've been doing roasting barley. Um, whether they're supplying board malt or not, I don't know. But that's the big. I suppose the big thing down here. They're still counting the acres that are uncut. They're expecting support now that the support is being granted for the flooding in the callows. They're expecting that parallel support will be, uh, at least, will be delivered for those that that unharvested grain. And uh, the spuds situation is not simple. Guys have scrambled out some uh, potatoes in the last couple of days, uh, but um, it, it really is about salvaging 2023 crop. There's very little talk of doing anything for 2024 at the moment. Yeah, and I suppose a little bit of hedging, ten or fifteen percent of 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 forward pricing might be might be um, applicable. Probably wouldn't want to get too carried away. You mentioned the 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 help for the Shannon Callows, uh, given that they seem to have lost an awful lot of their their forage. That kind of selective prioritisation of hardship, um, it's 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 not a great idea, is it? Um, I think. Uh, it's all going to be a very fraught situation from here in, in terms of how uh, the special pleading is taking place at the moment all through through the year. But I have suggested in recent weeks that we're going to have to look at a form of crop insurance because our weather has now become extremely unpredictable. And uh, with the cost of inputs, it's back on last year, but the cost of inputs is still exceptionally high and will be into the medium term future. I don't see cheap fuel on the horizon in, into the medium distance and that means there won't be cheap fertiliser um, because of the linkage between natural gas and, and fertiliser and uh, feed is not going to be cheap if we see record beef prices in the US, there's a shortage of beef in the US so commodities are going to be dear, farmers are going to have to de-risk and I think the de-risking is going to have to be some form of crop insurance, state-supported, like what we have in the U.S., um, because if you get two years like this in a row, people will be absolutely wiped out. 
Absolutely. And speaking of, of being wiped out, the, I'm, I'm getting distracted here now, Pat, because I just see a text coming in from Gary Ireland uh, that the ploughing is not going ahead in Dainsforth this weekend due to the weather, and that's no great surprise. That's already been postponed previously. So listen, we'll we'll keep an eye out for what your former colleague, Pat, uh, suggested should be a dry spell at some stage. Uh, Andy Doyle predicted that we've had more than our um, allotted allocation of rain for the year, and it has to dry up sometime, but I, I tell I tell you, I'm still looking at him. Yeah, um, I, I think Andy's working off the law of averages that that uh, we should uh, we should get it because we've had our year's rain. But the law of averages also suggests that every now and again you will get a horrific year, and I think this year has been that. And um, there's no real sign it'll change. To be honest, I don't think I'm alone in saying this. Now that stock are in. Now that anything that's going to be harvested pretty much is bar the potatoes and the vegetables, that perhaps I'd rather save up any good weather we're going to have for when we would need it in the early part of next year and into the spring because, uh, uh, you know, we wasted good weather, if you want to call it that, in February of last year. Let it rain for the winter if it has to. And uh, we're going to have to struggle with slurry. We're going to have to struggle with... At least there's been some flexibility shown on, on dung, but farmers are backed up in the yard at a very early stage of the winter. But there, good weather will be of very little benefit from here on in. We know that there is no provision in law to allow relaxation of slurry spreading rules. Um, the nitrates derogation prohibits uh, relaxation in November or December. The dirty water provision allows for the spreading of, of dirty water um, up until the beginning of December but in order to allow and I've heard farmers calling for it and consistently during the IFA debates farmers were calling for some kind of flexibility but as I understand it to allow any slurry to be spread between now and the 12th of January there would have to be legislation passed in the Dáil and that legislation would have to have been approved by the Commission because it's part of the Water Framework Directive the Nitrates Directive so we're going to have to tough it out I'm afraid yeah, it certainly looks that way. Uh, you you were, you took a, a a journey up to Kilkenny there last weekend for a bit of R and R. I'll call it research and recreation now because you it was a, a working break. Uh, yeah, well, uh, uh, ECR R and R, the, the European Conservative and Reform Party held what they called a culture weekend in Lyras last weekend, and I was asked to uh, take part in a panel, and I was happy to because the um, the tone or the topic was traditions and innovation uh, conservative future for European farmers Um, I'm a European farmer, they were conservatives and uh, I feel that there were some protests uh, outside the gate there were some people who believe the European Conservative and Reform Party are unacceptably on the right Um, I have to say I didn't see much evidence of that from the people who were present, now that's only a subset it's the people in the ECR who are interested in farming um, and they brought a fairly wide panel of guests along um, from across Europe, from agriculture, um, as well as from politics. And it was interesting to hear Latvian farmers and Lithuanian farmers talk about the commonality of the issues they're facing, that we're facing. Um, the, my, my own sense of, of, of the need for dialogue is that if we only talk to the people we agree with politically, 
um, how are we going to change their minds or influence their opinion? And if they only talk to the people that they agree with, um, how will they ever evolve or change? And whether that's someone on the far left, on the far right, or banging it. So um, I was happy to speak at it. It was an interesting weekend. And if what it taught me more than anything is that the problems farmers are facing in Ireland are common to the problems farmers are facing across the rest of Europe. And the Parliament has no idea other than uh, the Commissioner spoke by Zoom um, and uh, we heard from the Italian Farm Minister. Um, but I don't think Europe has any real idea other than soothing noises how to help farmers through the transitions that we're, we're facing at the moment. I commend you on uh, at attending and addressing them and uh, putting them straight. I think any opportunity to inform people of the realities of farming, and particularly in this instance, Irish farming, is worthwhile. You, you mentioned um, going outside of the comfort zone. I think uh, some of uh, our university debating societies could take uh, could take that attitude, this idea that they should only be addressed by people uh, that agree with them and they should stay within a, a comfort cocoon is absolutely ridiculous for for their working lives ahead? Well, it's difficult at the moment. We have we have real issues of difference and we have real issues of... Um, uh, like, they're complex issues. There's no simple solutions and there's no agreed... Uh, I suppose we don't even agree on where the starting points are, even within farming, but I was at a conference yesterday, which was the second of a three-day conference on the catchments programme. And... I would love for a lot of the commentators who talk about farming without being part of farming to have been there because I think that uh, there's a huge amount of learning that we're gaining from the catchments programme, which is now 15 years old. Um, they are taking water samples. A catchment is an area which has one wa exit point for the, the water from it. Um, so catchments are typically small. We have six small catchments in Ireland, uh, a few hundred acres each, which are being intensely measured. They're measuring, they're, they're taking samples of the water every 10 minutes for the last dozen years. And they're measuring that for nitrates, for phosphates, and uh, working out uh, what is happening within the soil processes. So th there's a huge amount of learning. Uh, it's of interest all over Europe. There were scientists from all over Europe there. And some of it is difficult to hear because there are no simple answers to the questions around sustainability. But we're learning all the time and we are getting better. And listening to the farmers present uh, who are farming within the catchments, um, it, it was really interesting to hear the journey they've been on with very intensive advice and support from Chagosk. And uh, I think that... Farming has a story to tell that is not being heard by an awful lot of people who think they um, have the need uh, to talk about farming and the future of farming without understanding what's happening and how dynamic uh, the programme of research and analysis and self-analysis uh, self and self-improvement is on a farm-to-farm -farm basis. Yeah, good to see uh, some science being brought to bear instead of a lot of the hot air, but that's being um, uh, that's being breathed by a lot of a lot of um, opinionated people. Uh, back to the back to the, the the day job, if you like this BSE uh, uh, atypical uh, incident has an impact on Chinese uh, uh, beef imports. 
Yeah, some people are suggesting that uh, Ireland's outspokenness on uh, on Taiwan earlier in the year is now coming home to roost, that China have taken advantage of an opportunity to kick us at a time when we're only really gaining access re- or re-penetrating the Chinese market. We were locked out for three years until April. We got back in. Um, but there is an automatic... Uh, temporary suspension when there is a case of BSE. So I think it's unfair to blame the Chinese for this, but it is within the um, it is within the power of the Chinese to reopen uh, the market. And uh, Adam Woods and Amy go into that. Amy Ford go into that uh, in our paper this week. Uh, so we had two thousand seven hundred tons, about sixteen million worth, went in in uh, between April and August. So it's you know it's not nothing. It's it's quite an important market, and of course the potential for growth of the Chinese market is absolutely massive. Um, I suppose there is concern that there's another atypical BSE case popping up. No one really understands why we're getting these occasional cases so long after we controlled uh, BSE uh, in, in, within the bovine population, uh, but. Uh, hopefully, this will be a very short cessation of uh, of business, and we'll be back in quite soon. We'll certainly hope so. I note that there's some intimation of a possible postponement, not an abandonment, abandonment but a postponement of the uh, reduction in nitrates to allow farmers to accommodate it as best they can. This idea of a, of, of a sudden jolt come the 1st of January and uh, uh, the likelihood of pregnant cows having to be slaughtered, that's not a good look. No. Um, uh, Colin Markey, who actually opened the uh, conference, uh, the ACP uh, Catchments Conference on uh, on Tuesday, uh, made mention of this. Um, it, it's an important story. The IFA are pushing hard to Minister McConnellogue on this, and on the simple grounds that when farmers were making their breeding plans for 2024, they were unaware of, of these restrictions coming into place, and the um, emergence of these restrictions in the autumn was too late for farmers to change their breeding plans. Cows are in calf, and uh, we need to get through the first half of next year at least um, um, uh, to have an orderly transition. If uh, 220 is to be the new limit in parts of the country until water quality improves, um, let that be the case, but let that be the case in a way which allows farmers to adjust without being absolutely hammered financially for doing so. And speaking of animal welfare issues, Pat, i just get your take on where you think things will end up in relation to potentially new regulations around uh, the age and weight of calves at sale. There's to be another meeting before Christmas, perhaps to finalise uh, proposals. I, I'm not sure, but if there's, a, you know, if there's an extended time period that cow, calves are kept on farms and there are only adequate facilities for less than that, then you're into another, an, 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 another possible um, challenge. Yeah, um, that's an issue, and I also think um, our GB testing rules are an issue. Um, uh, we, we need to harmonise the regulations, and I think that that's a big issue for farmers. Um, I, I think that you know there is an acknowledgement within the department and an understanding that the restrictions which have come in place around uh, around stocking rates because of the reduction to 220 because of cow banding um uh, mean that farmers uh need to get their calves off farm reasonably early um uh, 
and, and that that's now you know a lot of dairy farmers have nothing on their uh, on their grazing platform except their cows and that's a real live issue um, and especially with the restrictions that are coming down the tracks I think that the, the labour shortages on farms in spring as well um, you know dairy farmers every every spring every calving season they're a year older and a lot of friends of mine who are my age um, are you know now facing into a winter where they're starting to dry off um, cows uh, aren't making much money because of where milk prices are but they're already starting to brace themselves for the spring and for those people who don't have dairy farms I think it's forgotten just how much work there is uh, maintaining calves and keeping calves fed and keeping them uh, healthy um, in a very busy time on the dairy farm so I, I think that we need to be uh, as, as realistic as we can uh, in terms of the regulations. The other side of it is, and you know, in parallel, legislation which is going through in uh, Europe constantly around uh, animal transport and animal welfare issues. And now we see the UK government proposing uh, in, in the King's speech this week a ban on live exports, which would have a hugely disruptive uh, impact on north-south trading, especially if they ban live exports in as well as out, that would be uh, pretty horrific. So we're going to have to watch that extremely closely. And there's a there's a timely warning anyway from Pat O'Toole. Pat, thank you very much for joining us on the Farm Show this evening. The Farm Show on KCLR with Matt O'Keefe, brought to you by TierlawnFarmLife.com. Next Friday week, the 17th, finds ICMSA members attending their AGM in Limerick. I'm joined by the organization's media director, Cahal McCarthy. Cahal, quite an impressive lineup of speakers you have for the AGM. Yeah, Matt, we've been making a conscious effort the last couple of years to broaden out the debate and try and get the political stakeholders to, as it were, take responsibility. And that means inviting them to our AGM. And we have this year, the risk of sounding immodest, we've outdone ourselves. So we have the Minister for Agriculture, Charlie McConnell. We have Tisha Varadkar. And then we will have the controversial Minister for the Environment, Damon Ryan, at the end of the day. And in there, we'll have the last president address by Pat McCormick, his last as, as president of ICMSA. Eamon Ryan, somewhat the bit noir of farmers, whether that's reasonable or not, uh, I suppose irrelevant, but always useful to have these leading politicians exposed to the concerns of the farming community. You know, Matt, you're at, you're, you're at this long enough. You know that certainly ICMSA's, you know, ICMSA's idea has always been that basically you have to participate People have to to get together and move towards a solution. Our, our ethos has always been no tantrums, no posturing. Get the people who can make the decisions around the table and let them hear. Let the Taoiseach and Minister McConnell and particularly Minister Ryan, let them hear from the farmers, from the quite almost literal, from the grassroots, what the problems are and how we feel the problems are not being addressed are certainly not being properly addressed. One of the big gripes I think farmers have these days is that they are making huge strides, huge efforts to meet the environmental challenges and climate change mitigation strategies required of them. And they feel that that's not really being recognised. I referenced Pat McCormick before. I, I, I think Pat McCormick has, over the last three or four years, I certainly have heard him say, and, and at least four or five occasions, that he was waiting for a senior Irish politician 
to break the news to Irish consumers and everyone else that Irish farmers have no intention whatsoever of carrying people through to the new low emissions food environment that is in, that is envisaged. We just don't have the money and nor should we be expected to carry them through. And what Pat has been saying and what ICMSA has been saying for the last couple of years is that it's high time somebody told the consumers of Ireland and consumers in general that from here on in, they are going to have to pay the economic and environmental cost of the food they consume. And we've noted repeatedly, Matt, that there, there seems to be a deafening silence from senior Irish politicians on this. We have yet to hear the Taoiseach, whether it was Taoiseach Bracker or Taoiseach Martin before, we have yet to hear somebody actually stand up and be as blunt with the consumers as they seem happy to be with farmers. You mentioned Pat McCormack has had a very impressive term and will be replaced at the AGM. The expectation, and we, we, we won't make it an assumption, but the expectation is that a Kilkenny man will take over. You, you'll understand that. I couldn't possibly comment on unlikely successors, but a certainly certainly your county man is a candidate uh, and that you'll understand why I have to leave it at that. Of course, you have to stay out of the political realm as a as a hired gun with the organisation. Yeah. Before we part, Cahill, you better give me the details for ICMSA members who do want to attend the event. When, where, what time, so on. Your listeners or anybody else around you there in Wexford or Kildare who want to attend will have to ring. There's, there's no upper limit on the numbers and they will, we'll ask people intending to travel to ring ICMSA at 061 314 677. 061-314-677 and just confirm name, membership number and their intention to attend. There's a dinner served uh, at the end of the day and just from the, just from the catering point of view, we, 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 we need some kind of specific ideas. So if they could ring the office and confirm their attending, we'd be delighted to see them. We'd ask them to do it tomorrow or do it as soon as possible. And we're very eager to have the Carlow and Kilkenny and South Leinster contingents and their participation is always assured. And with a bit of luck, I'll be interviewing ICMSA President, a Kilkenny man in uh, coming weeks. But we leave that in the hands of the of the membership of ICMSA. Carl McCarthy, Media Director with ICMSA, thank you very much for joining us this evening. Thank you very much, Matt, and greetings to your listeners. And indeed, we wish Dennis Drennan well in his quest for the presidency of the ICMSA. Uh, elsewhere, there's an information meeting being co-hosted by IFA and the Department of Agriculture. That's happening next week. Brendan Hickey joins me with all the details. Brendan, how are you? Uh, not too bad at all, Max. Good evening and thanks for having me on. This information meeting on wildlife and TB, where, where, let's get the details first. Where and when? Uh, the details, Matt, yeah. Um, next Wednesday, the, the 15th of November at 11.30 in Kildalton Farm down in Kildalton College. Now, the rationale for it, why is it happening? Well, sure, Matt, the, the rationale, I suppose, uh, we've seen, say, tw 22 and 23 have been very bad years for TB here in Kilkenny. Um, and it's not improving. The herds have been hit. A lot of them have been badly hit. So, look, we're trying to do something to get a bit of information out to farmers that haven't, that have been lucky enough to avoid TB so far, what they can do to try and help avoid it. Uh, we'll bring them out on the farm. There's a couple of very active uh, wildlife badger sets down there on the farm in Kildalton. Uh, we're going to bring them out onto those, show them what, what a badger set looks like as opposed to a, a badger bur or a, a rabbit burrow or that. Um, maybe try and identify where the badgers from that set, where their latrine is, the, the dangers associated with that, 
grazing cattle tight or maybe zero grazing grass in from that area. Uh, highlight those to farmers. Make sure maybe explain to farmers maybe, you know, just a few pigtails and a bit of white wire when you're letting stock into a field if there is a badger set there just to keep them back from the mouth of it. All these little things help. Maybe a bit of biosecurity around the farmyard too as regards now that all stock are gone in. You know, meal feeding around the yard, trying to keep doors and sheds closed, all those kind of things. Just basic kind of housekeeping as regards trying to keep the lads that don't have it clear and uh, try and make a bit of progress for the lads that do have it. Yeah, and at this stage, I think most farmers, and you'll correct me if I'm wrong, have taken the precaution of lifting those water troughs above the reach of badgers because they, 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 historically they did like to have a wash and a drink in those um, in, in those water troughs, and that's a, 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 a clear risk of, of contamination and, and cross-infection. It is, it is. You know, especially water troughs near where there might be burrs or that, the, the advice is to try and, try and keep them off the ground, try and get them as high as, uh, as, high as you can. But look, I, I suppose <laughs> technology has moved on a bit and farmers have cameras in yards and cameras out and around. And, you know, we, we do see pictures of badgers climbing up on water troughs. But look, you put every obstacle in their way. If, if, if you have low ones, the advice is to, 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 to take care of them, lift them up, put a few blocks under the small ones, maybe get them off the ground. And even simple things like go to the water trough and empty it once or twice in the year, clean it out, refresh the water fully. All those things are great help. Yeah, and the, the fact that badgers are a, are a vector of TB um, infection in cattle, that's, that's scientifically well proven at this stage. Where are we, Brendan, or, or, or have you any idea of where we are in terms of vaccination? Has it potential? Is it applicable? Can, can, can we roll it out on a wider scale? Um, Matt, I, 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 I honestly don't know, Matt. I think there is a lot of vaccination going on, and 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 in the where where we've had bad outbreaks, then the 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 department have got licenses to go in and snare badgers. The badgers that have been vaccinated before um, are able to be tested on site then, and the test is able to tell whether it's a new infection or whether it's the, the the vaccine that was there always. There's plenty of vaccinated badgers are showing up with the disease as well. Um, so, look, I, I, I don't know what trials have been done. There was big vaccination trials done a number of years ago up in Offaly, and uh, it seemed to work for a while, but, but the TB came back again. Um, you know, it's not, the, it's not the be all and end all. Look, the biggest thing, I suppose, is there's no test for TB as accurate. We're, we have the skin test that we all have to do once a year. Um, if you break down on that, then in, in certain cases, you're moved on to the blood test. Neither of those are accurate. You're only looking at maybe 60 or 70% accuracy at best on both tests. So you're, you're getting both false positives and false negatives. And uh, so you're taking out animals that aren't reactors. You're leaving animals behind you that are. So look, at least it's progress that... The, the, the badgers and the wildlife are being tested as well because, um, you know, a lot of herds now are closed herds, stock aren't moving, fences are good, and, 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 and there's still disease getting in. So, you know, it is the wildlife. The wildlife are moving. They don't, they don't respect fences. They're able to go under ditches and they're able to go under wires and all that. So they're moving from one farm to another and, and the disease seems to be as well. You know, I, I know in our area up here last year, it was, it was, proven from doing um, doing tests on the, the animals that killed out with lesions and and the badgers that were showing up with lesions as well they did tests on them and it was just 
the same strain of TB that was in both the wildlife and and the livestock. So, yeah, and and, you know, and I and I notice in a, in in another potential vector, there's a suggestion that some of the Sika deer population could be um, culled, eliminated. They're an alien species in any case, and it it is known that deer are another potential carrier of TB and uh, and therefore a risk factor to Irish livestock. Uh, yeah, absolutely, Matt, absolutely. Look, the, the, the county in this country that has the worst instances of, of, of TB would be Wicklow. And, um, you know, there's an awful lot of woodland, an awful lot of deer up in the Wicklow area. A lot of farmers up there tell you it's not strange to come out in the morning and you, you could see anything from 50 to 100 deer grazing away in a paddock. Um, they, they are carriers, it is proven. There is a, a, a wildlife group put together, uh, a deer management strategy group put together. It's been led by Donny Cashman um, down from Cork there. Um, they have got about eight, 800 submissions have come into that to, to that group looking at and about 200 or 240 I think of those submissions came from farmers. The rest of them came from other members of the public and the one thing that came from everybody was there seems to be too many deer in the country. Everybody's seen them on the roads. There's, you, you hear car, you hear stories of people, a deer jumping out in front of a car at night time and, and, and a crash and, and all these sort of things. So they're trying to do a study at the minute to ascertain how many deer are actually in the country. They don't know. Uh, it's very hard to count them. So therefore, they, they know it needs to be controlled, but they don't know how many they need to take out. And and even to get people to take out the, the deer isn't simple. Um, you need a special license to go hunting for deer. There, there's talks maybe army rangers might have to be used. But um, first and foremost, we have to try and get a handle on how many deer are in the country. There's no one disputing there's too many. There's no natural predators for deer anymore. And I suppose the hunting that used to go on before, there's not as many people at it now. So... Um, they are a big problem as well. It, and even in parts of this co- county, uh, a deer would be a problem as well, yeah. Absolutely, and uh, after beef, uh, there'd be nothing wrong with some venison. Uh, Brendan, that meeting happening uh, next Wednesday, the 15th, in Kildalton College Farm, starting at 11.30am. It'll be all done and dusted in an hour and a half or so. Well worth attending uh, for, for people who want to take precautions against infection oh, yeah. uh, from wildlife. Absolutely, you could do a lot worse with an hour, an hour and a half down there on Wednesday morning. It's a fully outdoor event, so bring the boots uh, and then the way the weather is at the minute, probably the wet gear as well. But um, definitely worth doing. Definitely that's worth that's, doing that's that. good yeah. advice too. Brendan, thank you very much for joining us this evening. The Farm Show on KCLR with Matt O'Keefe. Brought to you by TierlawnFarmLife.com. Another large sale today here in Tullow with over 2,000 sheep on offer. Looking to the trade there, doing good, well-fleshed lambs here, still holding on. Very positive trade there. Top call today of 154. But lots of lambs there between the mid 145s up to 151 and 2. Looking to the store trade then, uh, a few more farmer customers around the ring. A little bit of a settlement in the weather is helping the trade there, I would suggest. Those 30 to 33 and 4 kilos they're selling there from the mid 80s up to 95 and 6 euro. With a clean 35 to 37 kilos they're selling from the mid 90s up to 103 and 4 there again. With the high 30 kilos into the early 40s, they're selling anything there from 105 and 6 up to 120, differential in price there, but also on the quality and flesh type. Uh, the cash Joe trade, no great change here with the cash Joes there. The heavy O's they're selling from 170 to 190 a kilo, maybe just touching on 2 euro in some instances for the proper continental type yo. With the store feeding yo's, they're selling anything from 130 to 170 per kilo. 
over then to the upcoming sales there cattle sale this friday weanling sale on saturday and we have a fat stock show and sale the autumn fat stock show and sale here that's friday week and we have a dairy sale coming up there and that's the last wednesday in november last wednesday in november and entries being taken for that sale here so uh, again very busy here in Tullow, but glad to say the trade is holding strong with large sales of sheep on offer cattle sales very steady and overall uh, weaning trade is exceeding all cattle prices thank you and uh, that was eric giving us an update on sheep prices george uh, is in studio how are you george uh, well uh, matt a little bit quieter today so thus i wasn't under as much pressure to get here i actually had a chance to go home for a few minutes uh, so well, that uh, makes a nice change now because i have to say you, you looked stressed there a couple of weeks <laughs> coming in. yeah it was fairly but uh, a lot of sadness today in kilkenny mart um for the simple fact that we've lost two very good great stalwarts paddy murphy of rand's grain had been a customer, his son had been a customer, and his grandson had been a customer, or our customers, and Paddy Sr. died during the week. But I think the saddest of all was the passing of John Smith. John Smith was a regular uh, person to come to Kilkenny Mart, and if you saw the funeral yesterday in Carnaros and and today, uh, it was a tribute to what the man was. He was very well liked, he was a lovely fella, he died prematurely, unfortunately, and to the entire family of both the Murphys and, and Smith, uh, our deepest condolences because it's sad it's sad when you when you see someone so full of life that's uh, no longer there and I, I was thinking about people who've lost people you know in the last couple of weeks but they all farming connections you know uh, there's uh, you know and they they, they would, would have been attending them out regularly too you know and uh, I yeah, suppose Yeah I, I didn't know John mm, personally yes. but I knew him by reputation and of course steeped in the cattle trade Oh yeah and, and, and if you look at looking on social media he it was great profiles great comments about him so so to the Murphy family in Ramsgrange or deepest sympathy and this probability that uh, some of those gentlemen are coming back from that were in Kilkenny Mart today that went down to pay their last respect to Paddy uh, Senior and uh, of course there was a lot of people up with John and not only yesterday and the day before but also uh, t- today uh, for the funeral so um, as I said before all we can say is our deepest sympathy and I must say Matt generosity is absolutely magnificent the round of applause that was given today was absolutely heartwarming uh, and, 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 and sorrowful, but it, it, it was showed the respect that all these gentlemen are held in. And ladies, of course, we mentioned that Eamon Kenny, a member of our staff, died recently also. And talking about cancer, uh, I must acknowledge a, 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 a very, very generous donation today uh, to support our cancer. We, we raised cancer for Carla Kilkenny Home Care Team, uh, or a fundraiser, should I say, for Carla Kilkenny Home Care Team, and also Koshnor. Would you believe, Matt, in a sort of a small sh- window, maybe uh, uh, less than a month or so, we raised seven thousand euro, and that was totally from the agricultural uh, people in in Kilkenny Mart, and uh, to Carlo also. Carlo people, we very much and Tipperary and Leash and all the uh, all the hinterlands of Kilkenny. A big thanks for the support. You're uh, you know it's overwhelming, Matt, and it's it's a very humbling. Uh, yeah, and and, and that kind of generosity is so widespread. I spoke to Anne Callanan yesterday, and you're you're familiar with the Balafide show because you'd be yes, out there yes. doing MC work. Yes. They're having a handover of uh, funds raised yes. for home care and so on tomorrow night in New Park. 
absolutely mind-boggling the generosity of people and, so, and, and, and the hard work that goes mm. into it and the funds that are raised for worthy causes. Yes, unfortunately I was, I was to go there tomorrow night but as I said to her her indoors birthday is tomorrow so if I didn't attend that uh, I would be, well you know yourself I say no more. Uh, so 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 unfortunately I missed that but well done to all Bellyfoy's show and I think they have plans to even expand uh, going forward Matt which is great to hear and to see and, and uh, please God we'll be back there again next year absolutely and all voluntary of course yes, of now course. back to the day job George uh, wh- where are we at this stage in terms of factories buying supplies for the Christmas market have they all that stock in now or what's the time scale today Matt what happened was that would you believe today we had only uh, 800 cattle on offer with 1150 last week so that's a big decrease 350 cattle less a lot of activity around the ring a lot of uh, uh, buyers uh, for for factories uh, for the feedlots etc and also farmers trying to stock up uh, around the around the ring today a very good trade for quality lots and uh, even around for the for the for, as i said the sadness that prevailed uh, the for example 600 kilo bullets bullocks range from 170 to 3 euro per kilo that's a price range there of 1380 to 2030 top call there for uh, two shy bullocks 735 making 2030 or 276 per kilo and at an on per kilo pro-wise it's uh, two sh- limousine bullocks 605 kilo 1760 uh, the 5 to 600 kilo bullock from 175 to 315 per kilo that's 880 to 1780 per head 4 to 500 kilo bullock from 170 to 320 per kilo 700 euro to 1560 per head with under 400 kilo from 170 to 316 per kilo that's uh, 480 to 1060 per head cows uh, a little bit of rise here Matt and I'll have better news later on about cows but anyway in the Frisian cull cows from 60 cent to 2 euro per kilo the second rate ones from 60 cent to 120 with the better types from 122 euro per kilo continental cows 140 to 2 euro uh, 60 per kilo in the heifer division beef heifers from uh, 235 to 280 per kilo that's 1350 to 1820 per head forward store types from 25 uh, to uh, 280 per kilo or from 980 to 1370 per kilo or, uh, per head should I say and lighter types from uh, 205 to 3 euro per kilo or from 580 to 11.30 per head. Uh, a lift there, Matt. And uh, what I'm, uh, I, I have a bit of good news. A bit of good news for a change for the dairy man. And uh, uh, I told you last week we had, a, or two weeks ago, we had a very dull trade. But Frisian in-calf Frisian heifers on last Monday in Kilkenny, quality lots 80, 11.80 to 23, uh, uh, sorry, uh, uh, 8... 50 to 1560 for the in calf ones and the in calf ones from 1180 to 2620 per head. So that's a great news. There were a selection of heifers and maybe a little bit disappointing here. 100 head on offer, but the Frisian maiden heifers they ranged about 220 to about 260 kilo and they range from 390 euro per head to 540. So a little bit of a lift there, Matt. And while I'm at it, I give you the sheep, the butcher lamb. Uh, on, mon- on Monday last, from 140 to 164 per head. The factory type from 120 to 135 per head. The store type from 68 to 116. A very good trade for store lambs. And 50 to 190 per head. Now, 
farmers of cold cows were changing the day. We're going to Tuesday. The reason going Tuesday is that we had so many cold cows that put, put the heifer sale very late. So we're going to Tuesday. This Tuesday, uh, Tuesday coming, should I say, we will be um, uh, taking having a cold cow uh, sale. We'll, of course, have contact with all our potential buyers. And uh, that will be on next Tuesday at 10 o'clock, perhaps 10.30. And... Um, that cow sale has said don't forget the date if you have cold cows it's going to be Tuesday for the next uh, few weeks we'll see how things go from there and uh, Monday next of course we have a sheep sale at 10am weaning sale at 11am with the uh, also with the cold cows and of course we're looking for Angus runners, Frisian calves etc and maybe you want to take an ad break now Matt and we'll come back later on with a little more detail Precisely you read my mind because a couple of uh, other issues I want to discuss with you before the end of the programme so we'll, we'll take that ad break now the Farm Show on KCLR with Matt O'Keefe. Brought to you by TierlawnFarmLife.com. KCLR Mart Report. Sponsored by Kilkenny Livestock Mart. Serving the farming community for over 60 years. Right, just a quick repack on uh, a repack. Re- <laughs> recap on sales coming up, Matt. That uh, dairy, uh, that uh, uh, cold cow sale will be taking place on next Tuesday at 10.30. Please have your entry and please enter this time. A lot of you don't bother, but please, because on Monday we want to inform as many buyers as possible that cold cows are on the way. On uh, Thursday next, our general cattle sale, heifers at 10 a.m. Uh, followed by Bullocks at 10.30 in ring number two. Uh, upcoming sales, a pedigree Suffolk sale of in-lamb ewes on Monday the 27th of November and we have also on Saturday the 25th of November a pedigree Aberdeen Angus female sale that consists of cows in calf, calves at foot, maiden heifers, all pedigree Angus and that's on the 25th of November, that's a Saturday. And um, busy times ahead as I said Matt, uh, just uh, once again to reiterate, cull cows will be uh, being sold on Tuesday from next week. Uh, but I, I would, you said, um, Matt, that uh, a lot of people, uh, maybe the factories have finished buying, but I think what they're doing is they're restocking the, the feedlots at the moment, uh, though, and a lot of uh, farmers active today, a lot of those quality continental cattle making from €2.80 to €3.20 per kilo, and uh, some excellent cattle in it also. But I noticed today also, because it's uh, smaller numbers would generate more interest and I noticed that some of those Frisians were making from 242 uh, to back to about uh, 2 euro per kilo and uh, a little bit more so it's good to see a lift because uh, farmers need it and uh, <clears throat> as I said on a, on a, on a tough uh, dark day like today it was grand to see that the, at least the trend was was upwards yeah and most people are resigned to the fact that now winter has set in we, we all thought maybe 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 the weather would take up and this that and the other but at this stage it doesn't make an awful lot of difference for livestock farming most of the animals are in or are planned to yeah, be planned in. to be meant and of course actually last few days haven't been too bad you know regarding uh, rainfall and uh, uh, I, I think what happened was that a lot of damage was done Matt and of course uh, if you if you do have wetland you have no chance of putting them back out again anyway you know so and even even um, you know uh, it, it's just we can we have no control of the weather Matt so we have to whatever God sends us we have to 
take on board. Absolutely. Listen, <laughs> just time for one other discussion point. I mentioned it to Pat O'Toole earlier, uh, this ongoing uh, debate, discussion, kite flying, some of it, around uh, calf ages. We've, we've discussed it several times, and you were always a great advocate. Get them well fed, get the weight up, get the age up, make them hardy before you bring them to the mart. Looks like that may be more enforced than ever for the coming season, and if so, farmers need to plan for it. Yes, because for the first time last year in Kilkenny, we weighed calves, so we, we had the weight of calves, and we're going to do it again this year, please, or next season, please God, and I suggest, you know, the, 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 the stronger the calf, I would love farmers to, to hold, uh, definitely hold on to calves for three, and it's going to be obligatory, perhaps, going forward, and uh, if they can afford to hold them on, on for four weeks, great, but don't forget farmers out there, okay, milk is a valuable asset, but please, give your calf as much beastings as possible, and even if you want to uh, take some off, uh, store it in a, in a fridge, etc., for later on, because, as you know, Matt, the it's the lifeblood of a calf. Uh, a, a decent uh, feed of beastings is something that sets him on its way for for his life. Absolutely, a lot of frustration, George. In the in the, in the minutes we have left, a lot of frustration amongst at least some suckler farmers about these proposed changes from ICBF in the in oh, the star ratings and so on. <clears throat> it's it's very difficult. You're going down one road and suddenly people say, "Oh, well, you got to take a side cutting." Yeah, but you know, l- 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 how, how do you plan long term? Exactly, this is absolutely crazy. Some of the bulls that were up at the top now are gone down to the bottom, etc., etc. It's a thing that, and it's very, very for the continental people, Charlie's, Limousins, Blues they're very angry, I think it's a, a debate for another day I think they have cause for concern uh, absolutely, my thanks to Owen who engineered, to Martin who produced from everyone who participated from me Matt O'Keefe, until next week farm well, farm safely Good night and goodbye Farm Show on KCLR with Matt O'Keefe. Brought to you by TierlawnFarmLife.com.